chapter 15 for a while, we get to jump over to chapter 16. But, but chapter 16 is a continuation of chapter 15, all right? So we're going to go back. We're going we're to start in chapter 16, but then we're going to go back and read a couple verses of chapter 15 because it's the same conversation. It's the same conversation. Remember, Jesus is going from the upper room to the Garden of Gethsemane. I guess it's a long walk. Say amen. <laughs> now, actually, I was able to do that walk. We were able to go and, and walk from the Garden of Gethsemane to the upper room uh, this past year, and it was really cool. So it's, it's, it's kind of amazing going through these chapters. It's making my mind go back to what we got to see while we were there. But this is a continuation of chapter 15. If that makes sense, say amen. amen. All right, is everybody there? Is everybody there? Chapter 16, John chapter 16. It says, these things have I spoken unto you. What things? The things we're going to go back and read when y'all sit down, okay? That half part of, of chapter 15. He said those things. He says, I've spoken unto you that ye should not be offended. They shall put you out of the synagogues. Yea, they time cometh that whosoever killeth you will think they doeth God's service. And these things will they do unto you because they have not known the Father nor me. But these things have I told you. And when the time shall come, ye may remember that I told you of them. And these things I said unto you at the beginning because I was with you. But now... I go my way to him that sent me, which none of you asketh, whether goest thou? But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow hath filled your heart. Nevertheless, say that with me. Nevertheless. Nevertheless, I tell you. In other words, I know you're hurting. I know you're broken. But let me tell you something. I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, of sin because they believe not on me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more, of judgment because the prince of this world is judged, and I have yet many things to say unto you, but ye cannot bear them now. Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come, and he shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. Now, we're going to skip. We're not going to skip in the lesson, but we're going to skip in the reading just so, so we can uh, get there quickly. Uh, look in verse 33. Look in verse 33. <clears throat> and I'm just reading this now because I, I want to read it. So uh, it, it is encouraging to me. I love it. Uh, it is a blessing, and then I know it will bless you. Verse 33, are you there? These things I have spoken unto you. What? All that I have said from chapter 13 to chapter 15 and 16, okay? These things have I said unto you that in me ye might have, come on, that ye might have, but in the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good, I've overcome the world. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? Everything that we face in this world, everything that we're going to go through in this world, Jesus has already overcome. We're winners either way. Say amen. amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word, your blessings, your kindness to us. Uh, Lord, just thank you for an opportunity that we can come and be among your people, uh, like-minded people who are fellowshipping together, uh, who, who, who have the same ideas in mind, have the same desires in mind, the same future and father in mind lord we, we we want to please you 
God, I pray that you'll help us to learn tonight. Help us to grow as we study your word. I pray that your perfect will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> now, <clears throat> let's, let's, let's kind of recollect and, 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 and remind each other uh, kind of what the atmosphere is, okay? Kind of what the atmosphere is and the attitude of the people he's talking to. Because uh, if we do that, it's going to make what he says in this chapter make a whole lot more sense, okay? Uh, remember, they, are, they, are, they have left the upper room. Uh, uh, they have been, uh, uh, the, the traitor has been revealed. Judas, the, 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 the one who betrays the Lord has been revealed. I mean, they, they, this has just turned their world upside down. Not only is that, but Jesus has told them he's going to die and he's going he's gonna to depart from them. He's going to be taken away from them. So they're, not only did the one that they trusted the most, and, and, and you say, why do you say that? Because he carried the money bag. Uh, they trusted him enough that he was the, he was the accountant, if you will. Uh, but the one they trusted the most was a betrayer and, and a traitor. Uh, and not only that, but, the, but Jesus is going to leave. And, and their hero is going to be gone and taken away from them. Man, they're broke down about it upset sorrows filled their hearts so jesus has spent the the next few chapters from chapter 13 he reveals it in chapter 13 chapter 14 if you'll remember let not your heart be troubled their heart was troubled sorrow had filled their heart he said let not your heart be troubled from that point on he's been trying to encourage them he's been trying to encourage them and 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 and, and cheer them up and but he's even with that even with the encouragement he's given them, he's still reminding them of their duty and their responsibility, and he's also reminding them of reality. You know, how many of you want a doctor who, who just tells you what you want to hear? Nobody would go to a doctor like that, not long. No, you go to somebody who's going to tell you the truth. You know, through this, Jesus is doing this. And he, he lays some heavy truth on them at the end of chapter 15 and the beginning of chapter 16. So let's do that, all right? Go back to chapter 15 and, uh, and let's start in verse, let's see. Let's start in verse number 18, all right? Chapter 15 and verse number 18 in your Bibles, if you'll, if you'll go there. Uh, Jesus is fixing to, uh, you remember, remember even when we start here in, in, in verse 18, if you'll remember, he t he's been telling them about love, 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 love everybody, love each other. Uh, uh, man, if you love me, love them and loves of the Father. It, we just got to love everybody, right? That needs to be the permeating emotion and the permeating activity and behavior that we treat each other. Why? All right, now it's fixing to get thick. He's fixing to tell them why, all right? So let's look at this, verse 18. If the world hate you hate you that's an emotion that's how someone feels if the world hate you ye know that it hated me before it hated you if you were of the world the world would love his own in other words if you were of them if you were like them if you were from them they'd love you but i have chosen you out of the world therefore the world hateth you remember the word that i said unto you the servant is not greater than his lord if they have persecuted me, they'll persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they'll keep your saying. Also, but excuse me, but also these things will they do unto you for my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me. If I had not come and spoken unto you, they had not 
uh, had sin, but now they have no cloak for their sin. He that hateth me hateth my father also. In other words, in other words, uh, if they were just in ignorance, is, that'd be one thing. But I came and told them the truth. I came and showed them who I was. I healed the sick. I, I healed the lame. I raised the dead. I walked on water. I turned water into wine. I, 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 I healed the blind. I, 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 I fed thousands with one lad. They seen all of that and still willingly refused to believe. So now they have no excuse. That's what he's saying. All right? <clears throat> now, he says in uh, verse number 23, He that hateth me hateth my father also. If I had not done among them the works which no other man did, they had not had sin. But now they both have seen and hated both me and my father. But this cometh to pass that the word might be fulfilled that is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. But when the comforter is come, whom I will send unto you, whom the father even... Now remember, we've heard of him. We've heard of him back in chapter 14. Y'all remember? This means yes and this means no. Amen. Y'all remember in chapter 14? It says, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me, and ye also shall bear witness, because ye have been with me from the beginning. Now, we keep reading. Now, remember, remember when you're studying the Bible that chapters and verses were put there by the translators for your memorization, for easier study, so we could look up stuff and find it. But this is a continual conversation. It does not stop. That part of chapter 15 and this part of chapter 16 goes together. If that makes sense, say amen. So we'll, we're, we'll just keep reading. He said, they're going to hate you. They're going to hate you because they hated me. You're not better than me. Listen, I'm the master. You're the servant. And the servant's no better than the master. If they hate me, they're going to hate. They're going to hate you because they're not of me. They, they hated the father, me and the father. And isn't that amazing? Because in, in the Jews' mind, they were the only ones that knew the Father. But the God that they worshipped was not the God of the Bible. It was not the real God. It was not the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It was not Jehovah. It was not the God that led the Jews out of Egypt and across the wilderness and across the Red Sea and across the Jordan River into the Canaan land, into the promised land. That wasn't, it was a God, watch this now because it's going to make sense. It was a God of their own making. And that's still happening today. People will live like the devil and say, and say, oh, how I love Jesus. And they've created a Jesus that fits their lifestyle. Well, that doesn't, that means nothing. If you're not worshiping the Jesus of the Bible, the God of the Bible, the real one, it doesn't matter. And what he is saying here, yes, they are religious. Did you catch that part of when he said they're doing it in my name? Do you know they, they, they literally crucified Jesus in the name of God? And we can, we can just put religion there because it wasn't the true God. It was the one they had made up. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Now watch. Now watch. Let's keep reading. These things. What things? They're going to hate you. They hated me. Uh, they're thinking they're doing it for God. These things I've said unto you, that ye should not be offended. 
tripped up, trapped, taken in. That's what that word means. They shall put you out of the synagogues. Yea, the time cometh that whosoever killeth you will think that he doeth God's service. And these things will they do unto you because they have not known the... See, they didn't even really know him. They didn't know him. They didn't know him, so because they didn't know the Father, they didn't know know Jesus. They didn't know him. But these things I've told you. And when the time shall come, you may remember that I told you of them. And these things I said unto you at the beginning, because I was with you. Now let's, let's start in our outline. Let's go through this. First, number one, I want you to see this. Jesus says, what's the title? What's the title of the lesson? Help is on the way. All right, help is on the way. That's the theme. That's the theme of what we've been reading there. All right, why would help need to be on the way? Because, number one, the world they will face. The world they will face. If you're taking notes, write that down. The world they will face. You, you got to understand, <clears throat> at, up to this point, they'd been traveling with the Son of God. Everywhere they went, Jesus met their need. Jesus protected them. Jesus was their all. Now they witness, they witness the hatred, the, uh, the dissension. Uh, they witnessed, they understood how much the Jews hated Jesus. But they always felt safe because they were with Jesus. And Jesus always protected them. Uh, when they run out of money and didn't have no way to pay the taxes, Jesus said, go fishing, provided a coin in the mouth of the fish to pay the taxes. I mean, they had it made in the shade. Say amen. And, and so, so far there was really no, there was really, everything was smooth sailing, if you will, uh, when it comes to society. Uh, but things are fixing to get bad. Things are fixing to get rocky. I mean, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not even just talking about in the next few days. I'm not just talking about the arrest. I'm not just talking about the mock trial. I'm not just talking about the crucifixion. I'm not just talking about the way they're going to treat Jesus and and, and, and the way they're going to... I'm talking about the world they're going to face after Pentecost. Because I believe this is what Jesus is referring to. What kind of world, preacher? A world of hate. Hey, if you're taking notes, write that down in that first section. It's a world of hate. They're going to hate you. They're going to hate you. They're going to hate you. Now, if you stand for right today, this world, this culture. Now, let's just let's describe this. I wasn't going to do this, but we need to do this just, just for, we just need to do this. <clears throat> what is the world? What is the world? You'll see the word world several times in Scripture. In one way, you'll see the created world. The world was made by him. And that would mean the mountains and the trees and the people and the ocean and the, and the, and the whales and the fishes and the, and the birds and the snakes and the, and the raccoons and the coon dogs. Amen. <laughs> right? Does everybody get that? The world was made by him. And then, and then you'll, you'll find world meaning people. All right? For God so loved the world. Now, what's he talking about? He's talking about all the boys and girls. Right? All the men and women, mankind, the world. God loved the world. God, Jesus did not die for a whale. Jesus was not an environmentalist. The apple of his eye was not a panda bear in Korea. Y'all with me? It was humanity. When it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that 
Whosoever, not whatsoever. Whosoever. Whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life, right? The world that, that this is referring to is not the created world, the trees and the rocks and the, and the mountains. It's not mankind in general. We're talking about the world as far as the culture, as far as the atmosphere. In other words, uh, how many of y'all have ever, you know, that, that, that show that used to come on, The Wide World of Sports? You remember that? that, that man, I used to love to watch that, man. You see, the, what, what did that mean? It meant uh, the community of, of sports events, all the people, all the activities that go with it, the world of sports. All right, that's kind of, that's a, kind of a poor illustration, but you'll get my point. When he's talking about the world here, he's talking about the world's culture, the world's behavior, the world's thinking. In other words, the mind and the thinking process of the unsaved man. If that makes sense, say amen. The world's philosophies. The world thinks that you, just, you can just be whatever you want to be. The world thinks you can, it doesn't, doesn't, matter, doesn't matter what your anatomy is, you decide what your gender is. The world says that you can just marry anything you want to marry. The world says, the world says just speak any way and anything that you want to worship or bow down to, and you're right. Just pick the God that fits you. Does this make sense? The world, the world culture says Christianity is a cult, and, and, and you're just hateful, bigoted people. The world says you need to dress a certain way, and that way is usually provocative. The world is very sexual. The, the world is, is very violent. The world, are, are y'all with me? You see the world when you turn on TV. You see the world's way of thinking in politics. You see the, all the world around you. And this is what we're talking about. This is what we're saying here. The world is going to hate you. Culture, culture, society, the communities that we live in and we work in. I'm telling you, it's, a, it's an amazing thing. You can go into a restaurant. Man, there was a day, there was a day that men only cussed around other men. And that was unless, and that was just if, if saved people wasn't around them. But now you've got, you've got women cussing like a sailor in a restaurant with senior citizens and grandchildren and everything around and nobody thinking nothing of it. Are y'all with me? And if someone says something, then you're the, you're the one with the problem. And Jesus said it's going to get bad. They're going to hate you for what you do. They're going to hate you for what you believe. They're going to hate you for what you stand for. I'm telling you, go on, go on social media and post that you love God and you believe something in the Bible and there'll be somebody there to tell you you're a bigot. They're going to hate you. That is how they feel about you. Now, I don't know about y'all. I don't necessarily like that. I want everybody to like me. I know that's bad and that'll get you in trouble because everybody's not going to like you no matter what, but I want them to. Right? I don't want anybody to hate me. I mean, dislike me a little bit, but don't hate me, amen? But they're going to hate you. They're going to hate you. If you stand for right. Now, this is so important 
Because we so don't want someone to feel that way about us, we will be tempted to compromise. We'll be tempted not to stand. Y'all with me? But he's saying, hey, it's going to get bad. It's going to get bad. This world's going to hate you. Not only are they going to hate you, this is how they feel about you. The second thing there, B, they're going to persecute you. They're not just going to think a certain way. They're going to act a certain way. They're going to act a certain way. In other words, in other words, you're not just going to feel bad. They're, they're, going to, they're going to treat you bad. They're going to persecute you. Now, here's the bad part. Here's the bad part, and we'll apply this to today. Look at the next one. There's going to be religious animosity. <clears throat> religious animosity. <clears throat> he said, they're going, to, they're going to do what they do for my name's sake. Now, when he's saying my name's sake, he's not specifically saying Jesus in, like, in Jesus' name. He's saying God because Jesus is God. He said, in other words, they think they're doing it for God. In this baby church, this Christian, this, this, this brand new movement called Christianity, actually in the beginning it was called The Way, and, and, and in this brand new movement, uh, they were being arrested and they were, they were being killed and, and murdered and martyred, uh, and they thought they were doing God a favor. The Apostle Paul is a great illustration of this. If you go read the book of Acts, you'll find out uh, the times that Paul, he was very religious. I mean, he, in Judaism, he was the man. In his education, in his upbringing, in his bloodline, he was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He was a Hebrew of the Hebrew. I mean, he had it all. He had the pedigree. He had the education. He had the backing. He was a very wealthy man. He had power politically. He was connected. He had all of this stuff, and he was arresting. He held the coats of the people who stoned Stephen. Held them so they could kill him. But you know what he said? I did it ignorantly and unbelief. You know what he said? I thought I was doing right. And this is what Jesus is saying here. They're going to think they're doing me a favor. They're going to think they're doing this for God. They're going to kick you out of the synagogues. And that happened. That happened. Now this is specifically referring to the apostles here in the Jewish synagogues. And, and, and listen, you're no longer, you're excommunicated. You're excommunicated. You're kicked out. And, and you know, in their minds... In the, in the Jews of that day, that was just like, you're, sin, you're, you're damned to hell for that. They're going to kick you out of the synagogues. They're going to they're kill you. You're going to give your life. This is going to get bad. This is going to get bad. Can you imagine? Can you imagine on the way to dinner? I mean, this is a matter of hours. On the way to dinner, you're arguing over which side of the throne you're going to sit on. And now he's saying they're going to hate you, they're going to kick you out of synagogue, and they're going to kill you. Amen. Great. Do you see how this is such a... But he's getting them ready. And this is, I'm telling you, it, it gets better. I promise it gets better. He says, I'm telling you this. This is the world you're going to face. This is the world you're going to face. Then number two, look at verse four. 
Look at verse 4. But these things, these things, all these bad things, all this bad stuff, all this stuff, I've told you that when the time shall come, when the time shall come, you may remember that I told you of them. And these things I said not unto you at the beginning because I was with you. All right, now look, look back at verse 1. Look back at verse 1. These things have I spoken unto you that ye should not be... All right, put, put two things down and we'll talk about it. Maybe we'll go faster that way. Uh, write this down. A, he told them this stuff to prevent surprises. To prevent surprises. How many of y'all know uh, the punch that gets you is the one you don't see coming? The one you don't see coming. When my brother hit me... <clears throat> In Guadalajara, Mexico, we was boxing, and, uh, and I was kind of slim at that time and a lot faster, and he was a little smaller than me and a little dumpy and a little slower, and, but he was stronger. Uh, the dumpiness had, had an edge on the strength factor, and he hit me. I, 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 I'm telling you, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm looking dead at him. I never saw it. All I remember is seeing his face and then his knees. <clears throat> I wrapped my arms around his knees to keep from hitting the ground, and he thought I was trying to wrestle, so he grabbed me, and here we go. I was just trying to keep him hitting the ground. He hit me so hard he gave me a concussion. Had to go to doctor, shots, everything. Blood pressure went crazy. We had to leave the mission trip early. Oh, God, help us. I never saw it. I never saw it. You know what usually knocks us off the rails? The ones we never see coming. And you know what Jesus is saying here? He said, I don't want you to get caught off guard. I, I'm not going to send you out there blind and let all this stuff happen because it's going to knock you off the rail. I'm telling you ahead of time. So when this happens, you're not caught off guard. You don't have surprises. You're not going to get sucker punched. I'm not going to let the devil sucker punch you. And you know what's really cool? You go through the Bible and you'll read so many warnings for us. What did Peter say? Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though strange thing happened to you. Isn't it amazing when we wake up and bad stuff has happened to us and we're just in shock? <gasps> Why? Didn't God say this was going to happen? Did he not write, in the last days perilous times shall come? Y'all getting quiet on me. Are y'all still with me? He said, I, I want to warn you ahead of time. I want to tell you this ahead of time. But then this is the cool part. Not only, what was that, what I just gave you? Everybody say it. Prevent surprises, but also to provide assurance. To provide assurance. You say, how is that going to provide assurance? Because, because when it happens, they're going to look at each other and say, he said it. So evidently, he was right. You know, you know what every time we get a prayer answer, you know what it does to our faith? You know, if God's right about this hate thing, and God is right about this persecution thing, 
And, and God is, is right about, about this uh, kicking us out of synagogue thing. Then he's bound to be right about that verse 33 thing. Y'all see where we're going with that? If he's right about the hate and he's right about the treatment, he's right about the persecution, he's right about the overcoming too. Amen? We're kind of getting ahead of ourselves, but I need, I need to throw that in right now because I've seen y'all's kind of drifting on me right there. <laughs> he says, I'm warning you, I'm telling you these things. I'm telling you these things so you don't get sucker punched. I'm telling you so you'll be aware and so you'll be paying attention. I'm telling you these things so your, your faith will grow. It'll provide an assurance. He says in the end of verse 4, at the end of verse 4, he said, And these things I said unto you, uh, not at the beginning, because I was with you. This is so good. Man, this is so good. This, this reminds me of a story I read about a basketball player. He's saying, I'm fixing to leave. <clears throat> you didn't need to know this at the time because I'm with you. I didn't tell you this stuff back then because I was here to protect you. You didn't have to worry about none of this stuff. You didn't, you didn't need the warning then because I was here. He said, but I'm fixing to leave, and now you're going to need it. Now, here's the thing. I was, I, was, I was reading a story about a basketball player who had a coach that just seemed to, he just seemed to know what to do, when to do it. He just seemed to know what to say and when to say it. When to be there to holler at you and put a foot in your behind or, or to be there to wrap his arm around you and tell him how much you care. He was just that type of, he just had it all together. And he said he noticed that, that, that at times when, when you hit the game-winning shot and the crowd's going crazy and the teammates are putting you on their shoulders, you never saw him. He said, but when, when it was in overtime and you were fixing to shoot the game-winning shot, and you missed, and the crowd's upset, and nobody's looking at you, and you're walking off the court, that's when he put his arm around you and said, everything's going to be all right. And what he's saying is when the crowd is cheering you and hollering your name, you didn't need me. But when you were low, you needed me. And the point I'm trying to make here, no matter where you're at, Jesus knows what you need. And there's been times in my life when, when I could feel his arms around me like a big old teddy bear. Say amen. And then there was times it seemed like I couldn't feel him, but he was just as much there, but he knew I needed to be searching for him. And that's what we get upset about that. Because we want to feel snugly all the time. Don't we? We want to feel secure all the time. We want to we we feel safe all the time. But if you feel, it's kind of like the little eaglets in the nest. If you don't ever get any motivation, you won't try to fly. I heard a preacher say one time, God will let the temperature get cold so you'll look for the heater. Do I have a witness? He'll let it get it desert dry so you'll look for the well. But you know what? No matter what, Jesus knows what we need. He knows when we need that hug. And he knows when he needs to just stand back and let us swim a little bit. Amen? Anyway, moving right along. <clears throat> we don't like to hear that, do we? 
We just want the teddy bear. <clears throat> I'm, I'm admitting that. I want everything to go right. I want everybody to like me. I want everything to be great and perfect. And that's just, that's just not reality. Because we'll never grow. Faith that can't be tested can't be trusted. And you won't know if you can trust the faith you have till you've seen it's been tested. Amen. Good preaching, preacher. That's great, man. I'm glad you come tonight. <laughs> You're blessing my heart, ministering to me tonight. <laughs> I'm sorry I'm on new medicine. Amen is helping me. <clears throat> Please <laughs> remind me not to take it next Wednesday, amen. <laughs> verse 5, verse 5. What was number 1? What was number 1? We see the the world they will face. Can y'all see that? The hate, the persecution, the religious animosity. And you know, I, I meant to say this about that. On the, on the religious animosity, you know, it is a sad thing that, that most of the problems that we have are from religious people in our community. That part of what the disciples had to put up with has not changed. Just the names. Just the names. Not one single unsaved sinner in our community has a problem with our video screen. Not one single unsaved drunk cares that we got a coffee shop in the foyer. Not one. I have not heard one drunk, not one single addict have a problem with us having Sunday school on Wednesday night instead of Sunday morning. Do you know, I've heard a lot of complaints from the religious crowd. Ain't that sad? I was in a meeting, <clears throat> I was in a meeting Monday, we, we had Dr. Finch was up helping our staff this past Monday, he was in a meeting from 8 o'clock to after Oasis on, on Monday, all day. Matter of fact, we never even left the office, they brought food to us and we stayed in there and was working and trying to make our staff better so we can be better for y'all. And, and in the middle of that meeting, <clears throat> I'm sitting there and Brother Josh is one person over from me. And, uh, and, and, and I, now I need to get on to him because he wasn't even supposed to have his phone in there. <clears throat> but a pastor, a pastor, a local pastor, uh, texted a message to him. And, uh, and I heard him snickering. <clears throat> and I looked over at him and gave him the eye. And then when he showed me, he just reached around the person that was sitting beside me and showed me the, 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 the text message. And, and someone had told that pastor that I said, in order to join uh, Temple Baptist Church, you got to pay a certain amount of money. <laughs> kind of like an initiation fee. <laughs> then I started snickering. <clears throat> now, if that's so, some of y'all are behind schedule. <clears throat> now, think about that. Think about that. Isn't that crazy? That was probably a God thing that we needed a little levity at that point in the meeting. Amen. But, but it's, that's, that's the deal. Now, I'm telling you this. I'm telling you this. Not just to say, oh, woe is me. Because that, 
I, that's funny to me. I mean, that doesn't, that doesn't slow me down. That doesn't bother me, not whatsoever. Because that's not the first time I've heard that. I've heard that from, you know, several. Uh, but the point is, there's going to come a day you're excited about your church, you love your church, and you're going to witness about your church or tell somebody about your church, and they're not going to be as happy about your church as you are. They're going to explain to you why they don't go here. And so here's what I need you to do. Stay cool, calm, and collected. Are y'all with me? Just say, God bless you. God bless you. And, 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 and here's what you do. If they say something that you feel is a lie, say, listen, I tell you what, I don't think that's the case. Let's go talk to the pastor about that and see. And when you do that, uh, uh, hey, I've got something in the oven. I got to go. Are y'all with me? Don't let that stuff bother you. Don't let that stuff bother you. As long as God is smiling on this place, it's all good. It's all good. People keep getting saved. People keep getting help. We keep starting churches and keep sending people on mission trips and seeing the gospel taken to all the world. Don't sweat what nobody else thinks. It's always going to be there. There's always. I'm telling y'all, I had to get this in my head because remember that part about I don't like nobody hate me? I had to get it in my head and understand that no matter what, till Jesus comes, there's always going to be somebody who doesn't like temple. No matter how much I love it, no matter how much I invest my life and I think it's the greatest thing in the world and I bleed temple, but everybody's not going to like it. Everybody's not going to be for it. Guess what? That is okay. Church, say amen. All right, let's go to number three. Let's go to number three. I'm not telling you. Number two, the warning that will, that will fortify. In other words, the reason I'm telling you this, he's not telling them just to hurt their feelings. He's not telling them this just to scare them or spook them. He said, I want to fortify your faith. I want to build you and strengthen you. I want you to be ready when it comes. Does that make sense? The warning that will fortify. Y'all something, I'll tell you what. The wit- Did y'all not put it up on screen? Because I, I didn't want to say it. <clears throat> no, no, really. No medicine next Wednesday, all right? None. Number three. Number three. I want you to see the witness that they will find. Now, here is the help that's on the way. Here is the help that's on the way. He said, listen, all this bad stuff's happening. I'm telling you this so you don't get sucker punched. I'm telling you this so this doesn't overwhelm you. I'm telling you this so when you see it, your, your, your faith will be strengthened. You'll be assured that I was telling you the truth. But he said, here's, here's the good part. But now I go my way to him that sent me, and none of you asketh me whether goest thou. But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow hath filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient. Say that with me. It is It's expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Now, here's what I want to do. I'm not going to go back to chapter 7 for the sake of time. Uh, I'm not going to go back to chapter 7. But that's where we start hearing about uh, the Holy Spirit and his ministry to the believer. So here's what I want to do. I want to go down this list. 
I want to go down this list and, and give you the answer so you can put them in your notes because I wanted you to have it together with this, all the different times he talks about the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit means and does for you. And then we'll talk specifically about what he says in this chapter. Does that make sense? Amen. amen. All right, let me give you the answers and then we'll come back. In, in, uh, in chapter 7, in chapter 7, verse 37 and thir- through 39, we see a life-giving ministry. A life-giving ministry. You'll have everlasting life. You'll have everlasting life. All right? It is the Holy Spirit that produces life in the believer. But then in chapter 14, verse 16 and 17, it talks about an indwelling presence. In other words, the Holy Spirit will be in you. He's not just going to be with you. He's going to be, he's going to be in you. And that is a key to what we're fixing to read about the, the expediency of Jesus going away, okay? He's going to have an indwelling presence because up until that point, he wasn't in the believers yet, okay? He would come and go. The Holy Spirit would come and go. He would come and, and be upon some of the kings or some of the prophets or, or, or Samson. You remember the Bible says the Holy Spirit fell mightily upon him. And he did those mighty works and those mighty deeds. But then he would be taken away. You remember Saul, when Saul sinned and disobeyed God, the Bible says the Holy Spirit was removed from him. David, when he sinned, David said this, remove not thy Holy Spirit from me. He said he knew, he knew the danger of being rebellious against God. He said, oh, don't do that. Don't take the Holy Spirit from me. Because at that point, he wasn't in the believer yet. All right, now... <clears throat> But Jesus has given that promise. He not only have a life-giving ministry and indwelling presence, but a teaching ministry. Chapter 14, verse 26. How many of y'all are glad we have an awesome teacher on the inside of us? Amen. A teaching ministry. <clears throat> then, then he has a ministry to empower us for witnessing. Empowering for witness. That's chapter 15, verse 26. That's what we see up there. He's going to give us the ability to witness. We don't have to come up with what to say on our own. Now, that doesn't mean we don't need to study. and We don't need to know what the Word says and what the Scriptures say. But God will give us the power to witness. We don't have to do this on our own. We don't have to fulfill the Great Commission all by ourselves. Say amen. But then we see a specific ministry that he is speaking about in this particular chapter. A convincing ministry. A convincing ministry. And then we'll talk about it. Now before we talk about the the particulars of his ministry there in that part. Here's what I want you to understand. He said it is expedient. It is, that word means profitable. It means important. It means important. It, it, It is very necessary to move forward. All right? It is very important that I go. It's going to be better for you. It's going to be better for you if I go. Now, that, 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 don't, that don't hardly make sense. Why would it be better for me? I mean, I mean I've, I've got to see you turn, turn one little fella's lunch into, you know, enough food to feed thousands. And, you know, you, 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 you helped us with our taxes. And, 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 man, when the storm had us all scared to death, we thought we were going to die. You calmed everything. You made us take breaks. You remember? When they've been working, they didn't even have enough time to eat. He made them come apart. Said, so you need to rest. 
Now, how, how, how is it possible that it would be better for us if you were not here? You ever wonder? You ever wonder? What was he talking about? What do you mean by that? Well, watch this. He said, if I don't go, he, who is he? Come on, everybody. Holy Spirit, right? Holy Spirit, the comforter, the teacher, the guide, the indwelling presence, right? The power, the life-giving force. If I don't go, he will not. Now watch. While Jesus was with them, technically, he was limited. He was limited. Say, what do you mean? Jesus was in a human body. Now, watch what I mean by that. How many of y'all remember, how many of y'all remember when, when, when Jesus had his three amigos? Peter, James, and John. Come on, get me with me, people. Y'all remember? The inner circle, the top three, if you will, of the disciples. You remember when he went to the Mount of Transfiguration? All right. So he's got, he's got the other disciples down here, right, at the foot of the mountain. Come on, get with me, right? So he goes up to the Mount of Transfiguration. He's up here at the Mount of Transfiguration with Peter, James, and John. All right, he's up here with Peter, James, and John. They're doing their thing. They fall asleep. He's praying. He's, he's spending time, and they wake up. He's being transfigured. The deity on the inside starts showing on the outside. Basically, he's glowing. The glory of the Lord, the glory of God is shining. I mean, they just go, I, Woo! Peter says, let's build some tabernacles up here. In other words, let's just stay up here. And he gets in trouble again. Amen. And, 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 but, but watch this. Watch this. Now, y'all remember what's happening up here, right? Do you know while they were up there, we got the disciples down here with a problem. They've got, they've got this demon-possessed kid and a dad who was frustrated because they can't help him. They're doing their ministerial thing. They're doing their prayers. They're doing what they had done before, and, and, and it ain't happening. And they're frustrated. The father's frustrated. The kid is going nuts on them. And all these people are mocking them and messing with them. What are y'all doing? See, see, this is just a cold. And, and, and man, they got pride. They, they, about to have a riot down here. You know why? Because Jesus was up on the mountain. But then Jesus comes down. Jesus comes down. And he fixes the problem. Because Jesus in his human body was present now so he could solve the situation y'all with me now watch you remember when they went to the garden we hadn't got there yet but they're going amen in a chapter or two we'll get to them in the garden when they get in the garden he says y'all pray here then then watch this i'm gonna i'm gonna need to move over some more y'all pray here then he takes Peter, James, and John goes a little further and says, y'all, y'all, tarry with me. Tarry with me. And they're, they're praying here. And then Jesus goes a little further. He's in this human body. They're way there, and they're way over there. He's limited. He said, but it's going to be better for you 
Because when I go, he's going to. And no matter where you are, there will I. Does that make sense? This is important. This is necessary. He said, I need to go. I got to go. For you to be able to accomplish what you're going to accomplish, for me to be able to do what I need to do, I have to go. Because I'm going to go up there and intercede on your behalf, and I'm going to send my spirit to be, come on, in you. So no matter where you go, you're going to be scattered over all this earth to the uttermost parts, but no matter where you go. Now do you see why it's so important? It's expedient. Now what's he going to do? Now we know, teach. He's going to comfort. He's going he's to guide, right? Uh, he's going to be with us, feel his presence. Isn't it cool when you come to church and you feel God? It's cool. Now, here's the thing. But what are they specifically saying he's going to do here? He said he will reprove. Now, the word reprove means convict or convince. Let's look at our notes. Ooh. All right, we got to go fast. All right, here it is. Uh, right under E. Are you there? Say amen. The key word here is reprove. It is a legal word that means to bring to light or to expose, to refute, to convict, and convince. It could be translated, pronounce the verdict. Now watch how this works. Believers are the witnesses. We're the witnesses. The Holy Spirit is the prosecuting attorney. And the unsaved are the guilty prisoners. However, the purpose of this indictment is not to condemn, but to bring salvation. Say amen. amen. Now, now watch, watch. Now let's go through this. Look what it says. It says, nevertheless, I tell you that the truth it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin, not sins. But sin, singular, a specific sin, and we'll talk about it, of sin because they believe not on me. That tells us what that sin is. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and ye see me no more. Of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. All right, now let's look at this. Of sin, write that number one, of sin. The Holy Spirit convicts the world of one particular sin, the sin of Come on, everybody. The sin of unbelief. The sin of unbelief. The law of God and the conscience of man will convict the sinner of his sins, plural. In other words, lying, cheating, stealing, whatever, whatever you want to put there. There's, there's tons that we commit, and there's tons we, we get convicted over when we, when we do these things. Specifically, but it is the work of the Spirit through the witness of the believer to expose the unbelief of the lost world. After all, it is the unbelief. Now watch this. This is so important. You want to underline this all the way to the end. After all, it is the unbelief that condemns the lost sinner, not the committing of individual sins. Did you get that? It is not the individual sins that condemn the believer or the unbeliever. It is the unbelief itself. 
It is the unbelief that condemns the lost sinner, not the committing of individual sins. A person could clean up his life and quit his or her bad habits and still be lost and go to hell. You get that? Let me show you how that works. Say I'm, I'm preaching. I'm preaching the truth. I'm preaching the gospel. I'm preaching this. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. What am I doing? I'm witnessing. I'm not condemning anybody. I'm telling you what the truth is. There is none righteous, no, not one. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. What am I doing? I'm witnessing. I'm telling the truth. I'm sharing the gospel. But God commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Say amen. Yes. I'm feeling preach right there. Amen. That's the gospel. Now what am I doing? I'm witnessing to the truth. And you know what I'm doing? I'm doing the witnessing. And you know what the Holy Spirit's doing to the unbeliever, the unsaved person in this room right now? He's saying, that's right. He is in your heart. He is in your mind. And he's saying, you better listen. He's talking to you. You better pay attention. This is the shape you're in. This is the help you need. This... He's the prosecuting attorney. I am to tell the truth, but it is the Holy Spirit who is to convince you that what I'm saying is the truth. This is great. This is great. You know why this is great? It takes all the pressure off of us. It takes all the pressure off of us. I don't have to convince anybody of anything. I just got to tell the truth. It's the Holy Spirit that does this. I've got a picture. I've got a picture on my desk right now. It's of a temple, a false idol temple. Uh, Brother Jeff, is that Buddhist or Hindu? Hindu. Okay, it's a Hindu temple in, in, in Kathmandu. Jeff took the picture. He's standing in front of this temple. Uh, Brother Nelms told Jeff as they were standing looking at this temple, uh, he said, Jeff, this temple was standing during Jesus' time on earth. That's how old this temple is. Can you imagine that? This temple was in existence. It was in place. They were worshiping false gods in this temple during the time Jesus was walking on this planet. And, and, and Jeff had a great question. A great question. He's saying, they've been worshiping this way for thousands of years. How in the world is it that we just come and tell them about Jesus and they believe it? How is that possible? And this is what Brother Nelm said. Because it's the truth. You with me? What did Paul say? Paul would say it's only three minutes left. That's <laughs> what Paul would say. <laughs> I hate that clock. I'm telling you, I really hate it. What did Paul say? 
For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. There is an amazing thing that happens when a believer, a child of God, takes the truth and shares it. Because then the Holy Spirit can say, that's right. You know what the Holy Spirit's doing in Kathmandu? With someone who his whole lineage, his whole heritage have gone to this temple for thousands of years and they walk up in that hut or in that tent or wherever it is they go and that believer comes from the United States and sits down with them and says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, that includes you, believeth in him, should not perish but have everlasting life. That everyone has sinned. There is none righteous. No, not one. That includes you. But God commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us and whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You know what? There's somebody else in that tent beside the believer and beside the gospel. It is the comforter. It is the guide. It is the teacher. It is the Holy Ghost. And he said, hey, that's right. And he is telling and he's reproving and he's convincing them. How many of y'all remember that day? When you was in that church pew or you was in that Sunday school class or you was in that front seat of that car or you was in that living room with a, a soul winner leading you to Christ and the whole time they were sharing their truth, your heart was about to bust. You know why? Because the Holy Spirit was saying, that's right. That's right. That's right. <clears throat> and that's all. <laughs> Amen. Here's what we'll do. Stop right there. Don't, don't, don't lose your paper. Don't lose your paper. Keep it with you. Because there's some more stuff the Holy Spirit's going to do. Amen? Amen. Isn't the Lord good? <clears throat> All the time. What a blessing it is to be saved. Amen. Let's all stand. Everyone stand. Let's pray for each other. Let's pray for each other. We're going out into a world that hates us. We're going out into a world that hates us. We're going out into a world that despises us. We're going out into a world that wants to stop everything that you believe in. But be of good cheer. Because he's overcome the world. And all God's people say it. Father, thank you, Lord.